0: It's Tuesday, November the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Jerome Powell reappointed and COVID surges in Germany. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden nominated Jerome Powell for a second four-year term as chairman of the Federal Reserve. Lael Brainerd, a central bank governor and progressives' preferred choice for the post, will be his deputy. The pick is a nod towards continuity and bipartisanship. Mr. Powell was first appointed by Mr. Biden's Republican predecessor, Donald Trump. Three other important Fed nominations, including the vice chairman for supervision, will be made early next month. Angela Merkel, Germany's acting chancellor, said stricter measures were needed to contain rising COVID-19 infections. On Monday, Germany recorded its highest 7-day positivity rate since the pandemic started, logging more than 386 cases per 100,000 people. The two hardest-hit states, Bavaria and Saxony, shut Christmas markets and introduced other restrictions. Next door, Austria entered a nationwide lockdown, angering protesters. Chun Doo-hwan, the brutal dictator who overthrew South Korea's government in a military coup in 1979, died aged 90. Mr Chun, who ruled between 1979 and 1988, oversaw the massacre of hundreds of pro-democracy protesters and the jailing of many thousands more. He eventually, and reluctantly, ...allowed South Korea's first democratic elections. He was sentenced to death in 1996, but was later pardoned. The Congressional Committee investigating America's Capitol riot of January 6th... ...issued subpoenas to more of then-President Donald Trump's coterie... ...including his advisor Roger Stone and Alex Jones, a conspiracy theorist and broadcaster. Led by Democrats... The committee has ordered 40 people to testify mostly about the quote stop the steel rally that immediately preceded the storming of the capitol buildings Police in Waukesha, Wisconsin charged Daryl Brooks, a 39-year-old man, with intentional homicide after he drove an SUV into a Christmas parade on Sunday, killing five people and injuring nearly 50 more According to investigators The suspect was fleeing from the scene of a domestic disturbance when he ploughed through the crowd. The incident was not connected to terrorism, the police chief said. The ruling Socialist Party claimed victory in Venezuela's sham regional elections, taking 20 of 23 state governorships. The opposition, which participated for the first time in four years, looks to have won a third of mayoral races. Inadvertently eroding the contest's credibility, Cuba congratulated Nicolás Maduro, Venezuela's autocratic president, on his party's success before the results were announced. In Sri Lanka, a court began the first of three trials over a coordinated Easter bombing attack in 2019 that killed nearly 270 people. In this first trial, the police chief, at the time, is accused of failing to act on repeated intelligence warnings of the assault. On Tuesday, the trial of 24 men accused of carrying out the bombings is set to begin. Fact of the day. 65% The share of Japanese people who support same-sex marriage, up from 40% in 2015. Yet, the ruling Liberal Democratic Party is firmly opposed to the idea. And Editor's Note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our shows and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. And now, here's today's agenda. Tightening up. Lockdowns in Europe. European governments are cranking up the pressure on those who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID 19. Austria reimposed a full lockdown on Monday. People may only leave home to go to work, shop for essentials, and exercise. And vaccination will become mandatory from February 1st. France Germany, Italy and most other West European countries are increasingly excluding the unvaccinated from public life, including visits to restaurants, gyms and entertainment venues. Anti-vaxxers are reacting angrily and, at times, violently. On Friday, Dutch police arrested dozens of protesters incensed by a new partial lockdown who lobbed stones and set fires in Rotterdam. Over the weekend, thousands of people marched against restrictions to contain the pandemic in Belgium, Croatia, Italy, Switzerland and Northern Ireland. The most vocal opponents tend to be the same motley groups of far-right conspiracy theorists, followers of alternative medicine and libertarians. Of those, the far-right is the biggest group by far. Who will guard the guards? Interpol The Global Police Agency begins its annual General Assembly on Tuesday amid warnings that Interpol risks becoming a tool in the hands of authoritarian regimes. Delegates must elect a new president. One of two candidates is Ahmed Nasser al-Raisi, Inspector General of the United Arab Emirates Interior Ministry. He is accused of overseeing torture by UAE police and has criminal complaints against him in five countries. The UAE is also alleged to have used Interpol to track down exiled dissidents. Interpol insists that requests for assistance are vetted to prevent abuse, but Freedom House, an American NGO, says that at least 12 countries have used the organisation to detain exiles since 2014. One of those is China, which in the same period asked Interpol to detain hundreds of people on its wanted list as a precursor to their extradition. Critics worry about a Chinese candidate standing for a place on its executive committee. Confusion Reigns Central Banks and Inflation Despite inflation rates of 4% in both Britain and the euro area and 6% in America, policymakers have thus far resisted putting up interest rates. They are betting that price pressures will dissipate as economies move past the pandemic. But there is no clear and coherent message on the subject. This month, the Bank of England wrong footed markets by declining to deliver an expected rate rise. Then Andrew Bailey, the bank's governor, muddied waters further by suggesting that even an increase in December was uncertain. Days earlier, Jens Weidmann, the departing head of the Bundesbank, Germany's central bank, ventured that the European central bank's dovish stance should change soon. Yet just hours before, Christine Lagarde, the ECB president, told markets to expect a looser monetary stance to continue for a while yet. Though President Joe Biden's reappointment of Jerome Powell to another term strengthens the Federal Reserve Chairman's position, dissent at the Fed is brewing. If incoming data do not soon show a slackening in inflation, Doves' arguments may become untenable and a rocky 2022 looms. Uneasy Trade-Offs COVID Vaccination in Africa In early 2022, the world will shift from having a shortage of COVID vaccines to a surplus. Some African countries will have received enough doses to jab almost all of their adults twice over. Some have set goals to inoculate 70% of their populations by mid-2022, in line with World Health Organization guidelines. Yet even with more vaccines... Reaching this target will require trade-offs. Just 6% of Africans are currently fully vaccinated against COVID. Health workers, constantly in short supply, are busy vaccinating children who missed routine inoculations because of pandemic disruptions. And Africa has a lot of children. The continent's median age is 20 years, less than half that of Europe. UNICEF estimates that about 30% more syringes than normal will be needed in 2022 for childhood jabs alone. This does not include the potential rollout of the first malaria vaccine, which the WHO recently approved for African children. The lofty WHO target will probably go unmet. CULTURE WARRIORS Contrasting Visions of India Kangana Ranaut, a talented Hindi film actor, is nowadays at her most breathtaking on stage. Two days after India's president handed her one of the country's highest honours though, she drew gasps during a televised interview. India's independence, Ms. Ranaut posited, was not won by the freedom fighters led by Mahatma Gandhi. They were mere beggars, beseeching the British for freedom. Her India became great only in 2014, when an election brought to power Narendra Modi, a Hindu supremacist. An alternative view was offered on Friday when a comedian named Vidas took the stage at the Kennedy Center in Washington. He was not known as a firebrand, but his monologue titled, "Two Two Indias, inflamed passions back home. His jokes showed one India as the familiar place of rumbustious pluralism, the other a backwards-looking swamp, poisoned by an unnamed Mr. Modi and his cultists. Like Miss Renault, Mr. Das sparked instant outrage and adulation. Even the lightest of entertainers these days is forced to pick a side. Finally, here's the quote of the day. From Louis Moll The longer I live, the less I trust ideas The more I trust emotions That's it from The Economist morning briefing Available every weekday and on Saturdays You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists Including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence By searching for The Economist on your podcast app Or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast